need propping from the sounds of it. <laughs> we all need propping <laughs> from the sounds of it. We all need propping. Uh, we're already recording. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> yeah. This is The Real Good Podcast. My name is John Roebuck and with me is Blake Glinda the Good Witch Curtis. Yes. And Derek Wicked Witch of the East Armstrong. I'm not that bad. <laughs> You're not that good though. No. <laughs> no. So <laughs> this Wicked episode... Of the East. Yeah. Sorry. I'm doing my intro, man. I know, but you made a comment recently that you want us to make more of a thing of the intro jokes. So. I don't remember that. <laughs> so here we don't are. listen to me. Anyway, this episode is called Suspiria. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Coming along to save the motherfucking day. Yeah. That's going to look really good on the podcast feed, isn't it? <laughs> iTunes yeah. is going to love that one. <laughs> and that's because we'll be talking about Luca Guadagnino's new film, Suspiria, which is, of course, a remake of Dario Argento. Argento's 1977 Italian horror classic of the same name. Here's a synopsis for Guadagnino's film that we found on the internet. A darkness swirls at the centre of a world-renowned dance company, one that will engulf the troupe's, not sarcastic, troupe's artistic director, an ambitious young dancer and a grieving psychotherapist. Some will succumb to the nightmare, others will finally wake up. Derek is the only member of the podcast team that was alive when the original came out. I want you to talk about Suspiria now. I saw it when it was in the theatre. The uh, original? No. Or the <laughs> <laughs> no, I was four when the original came out, or maybe three, depending on the time of year. Um, and the rest, man. And I do love, <laughs> I love the original. Um, I've, it's been a favourite of mine for the past ten years or so. When wow. I first saw it, I own it. Um, and so, as a result... Uh, I'm in no position to like anything about this film. Um, it doesn't mean I don't like anything about it, but I have a, this is one of the hardest times I've had not just going point by point and saying, the original is better, the original is better, the original is better, but that's how I feel about it, um, what, as, as uncreative as it? that is. What? How do you feel about it? That the... The, so you prefer this like, one? I prefer Guadagnino's take. Didn't you no. find, though, that I, this movie is so different to the original? It's almost like... A, like it's different, the, sure. The, 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 this is how I, I feel I, I would prefer most remakes to be done. That is so, uh, such a huge departure from the original that they really are become their own their own beast. Well, I, I feel like a Suspiria that really followed the blueprints of the original is, you know, to a degree worthless because I'd just watch the original. Oh, I would agree with that 100%. That doesn't mean that I still don't compare the various aspects to see if the decisions they made in the in the new one are useful decisions in my opinion. And yeah. a lot of times I just don't think they are. I mean, I think the biggest complaint I have about it is that it's an hour longer than the one from 1977. And this is, you could go into a whole screed about the problems with that in general. I mean, every film, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I have a habit of checking the running time of a film before I go to the cinema. Every day these, these days, 134 minutes, 142 minutes, 156 minutes. Can we just see a damn film that's 100 minutes long anymore? I mean, but why? Why, 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 I, why I, don't I, I want to sit in the theater for an extra hour? Yeah, well, I'm <laughs> at the opposite end of that where I am like, if it, like I feel like the films are so formal, formulaic when they're 90 minutes that it's just like, all right, let's do this, now let's do that, let's not... Whereas, like, I quite like when they're willing to expand and try Big, new. You can't things. say that all ninety-minute movies are formulaic, or, or like in general. Oh, sometimes they're just no, tight. Not yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, true. A hundred percent true. But like for me, when I see that runtime, I'm more of the case of being like, oh, good. I'm I'm going to see something that's 
that where the director was not given any checks and balances and was allowed to indulge every whim. Potent- well, yeah, that's that's a good that's a good argument, and I, I I understand that. But like at the same point, I like that that in itself is an interesting story for me because it's like you know the, the concept that you know the director just made call me by your name. So like I find that fascinating the idea that he would have had absolute free range on this film because of the, the, the impact that the last film had. The the studios would have given him licence to just run wild. And a lot of the time, that's where I'm like, that's where in, interesting, magical stuff can but, happen. But surely instead of looking at a running length and thinking Goody, you'd be like more concerned with like the quality. And I think... like True. And I think... And I haven't heard what either this, you said about this, the quality. This <laughs> film, I mean, this film does feel bloated to me. Uh, and I can actually understand where you're coming from, Blakey, because if I see a film that I just am pretty sure I know is gonna, just going to be a great time the whole way through, like, if I'm being honest, when I heard The Dark Knight Rises was like nearly three hours, I was really happy about it because it's just more good movie. Mm. But with a movie like this, for a lot of the running time, I dug that it was going to be a really long movie until I didn't anymore. Yeah. Uh, and that's sort of when it became... Uh, I, I dug the running time and I dug the excess because he really swings for the fences in this movie and uh, it makes a lot of bold choices. And I was in. I was in for this epic, you know, almost inappropriately different remake of this, you know, relatively small Italian old horror movie. Mm-hmm. And he, he's trying to um, do and say a lot. And I don't know if he... Achieve, I don't know if he pulls up a lot of it but I, I really dig that he goes for it. And it's not quite the film that I wish it was. But gee, there's a lot in there that I like. And it, a lot of it is almost the film that I wish it was. Yeah, and I completely agree with what Trezor just said. Is the concept that, you know, you talking about the idea of them swinging for the fences. That's what I like. And I think that's what Hollywood needs right now. Is I, ne- I think it needs more people to swing for the fences. To find new ideas and, and new... I don't know, interpretations. It didn't work out in this instance. Oh, yeah, but I think, some, yeah. I think a lot of it did. Some, some yeah. of it did. Yeah. But I, 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 think I, I, I think at this point I completely agree with you that it was bloated. I think the second act in particular felt like it ran well, a bit can, too long. You can find particular things that just lift right out, and that's my biggest problem. Like, Except for it being an interesting party trick and a stunt by uh, Tilda Swinton, I didn't see the point of that character at all. The, um, yeah. the, the the psychoanalyst character, but I mean, I, I, that I, character has nothing to do with the story. In a way, that's kind of the appeal of this film. It's just kind of like meandering. Yeah, like, it, it it isn't this focused film about you know witches running this dance studio in Berlin. I'm on the fence about this psychiatrist character or psychotherapist character because for a long time I was digging that I didn't really seem to have anything to do with anything else and. Did you know it was Tilda Swinton from the yep, start? Yep. Okay, yeah. Which I found distracting. Yeah. But then there was just so much of it, you know. Uh, I think something I really thought was kind of cool about this film, where you could say, apart from the horror itself, two of the most defining characteristics of the have, have you we've both seen the original? Have you seen the original? I haven't seen the original. Oh, so, okay. so one of the, no. two of the most defining characteristics of the original is the the vivid colours. Yes. And this really distinctive score by the band Goblin. That's and that's, I, love I that. thought it, I yeah. thought that the decision to film this in really muted colours and have quite a sort of like atmospheric moody score, which is really the polar opposite of what the original spirit did, was worked really well. Okay. And so I feel like if it had a sort of tried to emulate um, 
uh, you know, the original in those regards. It wouldn't have worked so well. And I feel like uh, uh, Nino taking this sort of skeleton of, of Suspiria and completely transforming it, which, I mean, Suspiria is a really um, visceral, uh, emotive kind of, you know, it, right. it, it really, um, what am I trying to say? We should talk a little bit about the original Suspiria. Yeah. It's kind of a, a cousin of what's called. I'm, I'm not sure if you really call it in the giallo genre or not, but it's kind of a cousin of that if it isn't. Which is what, a, what is that genre? Giallo is an Italian genre from the, the 1970s of which Argento is associated. I couldn't tell you who the other uh, kind of pillars of that genre are. I'm gonna look it up. John will look it up mm-hmm. in the meantime, and basically involves a lot of um, kind of blood and some maybe some sadomasochistic elements and um i would say that probably the saturated film stock and the kind of the, the deep bold colors that you get in, Suspi- in the original Suspiria are all kind of parts of that i'm not a giallo expert but um but it's got it has a very distinct feel to it it has a very very um gro- gory and and I, I don't know if it's gory so much as it's just confronting ki- uh kill in the first 10 minutes of the film which is one of the reasons why it has the reputation it does. The rest of Suspiria, the original, is good, but it's it doesn't to me it doesn't match up to those first fifteen minutes. Yeah, and, you're and you're a huge fan of the original. I remember you yeah, you, yeah. you mentioned the uh, uh, first fifteen or so minutes of the original Suspiria in your review for Hereditary. Uh, yeah, good memory. Yeah, which and really got me jazzed it, right? up for this this movie. So Derek was talking about how scary the opening fifteen minutes of uh, the original Suspiria was. So I sat down to watch it and I thought, oh, there's going to be a three-blanket movie because I'm an absolute sook when it comes to horror. Uh, so I like got myself you know, tucked in and I'm a massive you know, sook when it comes to horror movies and I was fine with it. Derek, <laughs> you're, you're pathetic. So you as well saw the original before you saw the remake? Yeah, yeah, yeah I saw the yeah. original a while ago. So, yeah. yeah, so, um, so I think... you prefer the original over the remake? Sorry, Derek, that's um, I feel like they're incomparable. I, yeah. I I don't prefer one over the other because they are so different. Uh, it's apples like, it's, and oranges. Yeah, kind they, of thing. They, they really are. Which mm. I think is a strength of this this remake. I, I didn't love this remake either. For quite a while, I was really digging it, right. and it was really teetering on the edge of something becoming something really um, exciting. Me too. That's how um, I thought. Yeah. And then then that feeling started to wane towards the end, and, and ultimately, I, I admired a lot about it. So. And it really stuck with me for a few days. I felt yeah, felt a bit um, very on uh, on edge. Well, there's certain yeah. moments of it that I think are undeniably visceral and can kind of grab you. There's a lot. He does a lot of these kind of montages throughout that um, I liken to something like uh, Chien Andalou by Luis Bunuel, where you get this kind of random montage of disturbing images. You know that yeah. Ancien Andalou with the eyes, eyeball being sli- yeah. sliced by a razor. Yeah. There's a lot of that stuff in here. Like in these little interludes, they're like, okay, now we need to have a bunch of kind of scary images in a row, which I thought actually on a purely visceral and visual level, they worked, but I didn't really understand what they contributed to anything else. And, but, but, but there is one scene that I think is really, really dynamite in terms of the effect it has on you. It's the scene where that woman is being, that dancer is being thrashed around the room with mirrors. Mm. Um, it, while the lead character by played by Dakota Johnson, Susie Banyan is being, is learning these new moves, which she's been granted the powers by the witches. And she's kind of, as she thrashes, this woman is literally slammed against the glass and everything like that. And, and that's where I kind of liked it being in conversation with the original. So this opening kill in the original of Suspiria, there's the moment that I think is most horrifying for it is this, where the, the, the victim of this murder is having her face pressed against a plane of glass so that the, feature, the features of her face are distorting. 
And that is the single image that I find most horrifying in Suspiria. In this, in this remake, that same effect is achieved by this one moment where you see her face all kind of contorted. pulled back and contorted like she's been smashed against that window mm. and that mirror. And I said, yes, that is the moment where these two films are in conversation with each other, where I can see Guadagnino honoring a specific element of the original film but making it his own. What I found it was the case with the rest of it was that he was doing what Ryan Johnson did in The Last Jedi, where he's saying, you were expecting this movie to do this? Nope, it's going to do the exact opposite. We're not going to tell you. Oh, I completely disagree. I, I, okay. I, I don't think, unlike uh, The Last Jedi, which really does have um, certain exp- uh, uh, engender certain expectations, I feel like the, the advertising campaign for this film and uh, everything I knew leading up to it didn't set me up for something that wasn't like the original film and i feel like he was honoring he was in conversation with the original film just in a lot in a more subtle way than he was in that scene i feel like that scene was a real had had a real connection uh in terms of content uh to to the original but the way guinino approaches this film is a way i'd prefer filmmakers approach remakes there is a conversation going on with the original it's just not as yeah uh, perhaps palpable as you know, you know, a straight up remake. Well, yeah, which is a, what I dug about it. I don't want to see a film which is just like a hitting these copy. same beats as not even a carbon copy, but hitting. Well, you know, I mean, I guess that there there are good remakes that hit really similar beats as the the, the the originals, but it was it was interesting to see this film, and it was exciting to see this film, which I feel like did share some fundamental DNA with the original, and yet concurrently was wildly different yeah no i, I look i i don't want this note by note remake of of suspiria and i don't want anyone to think that that's what i'm saying but uh, i think that there were some decisions that seemed like they were consciously going against um, the flow of the original so let me just make one example so in the original you don't really know that this dance academy may by be run by witches until 45 minutes in in this film the word witch is uttered in the opening scene, which I thought was a very um, unnecessary scene with Chloe Grace Moretz, who couldn't even, didn't even need to be in the movie, really. She has this scene with the psychoanalyst where she basically says, the dance academy is run by witches. Okay, great. All the mystery is gone from that. Now, I knew I saw the original, so I knew it. But, Blake, you didn't. Did you have any problem with the fact that they talked about that it was run by witches in the opening scene? Well, no, I think for me that was what, what, what captivated the whole concept of the scene is whether this is actually something that is happening or whether it is just her delusion. And so I guess for me, for m- most of the film, for two-thirds of it, it was that idea of like, okay, well, is this something that is actually happening or is this a delusion of someone else's mind, which is what the psycho... Um, therapist talks about throughout the film is whether this is just a delusion or not. So it's that that idea to, to, to me, I, I didn't get that at all from the film. To me, the, the entire movie was an exercise in atmosphere, and I, I and I well, did, it, it didn't bother me that. Uh, I, in fact, I dug not as much as I, I feel like it wasn't as executed as it was or could have been. But that opening scene, I, I dug that she said this. This place is run by witches. Like I, I dug the fact that it it wasn't following the flow of the original. And, and and I guess maybe perhaps it is because you're so fond of the original it's hard to you know yep. yeah I mean I don't I don't want to put you know uh, uh, words into your mouth but you know it, I, I've seen the original dug it didn't lo- you know didn't love it uh, sort of similar with this film but for wildly different reasons mm. yeah. 
I really in- Do you oh. want to know the directors just really quickly? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Dario Gento, obviously. Mario Bava. I was going to do these in Italian yeah. accents, but I guess that's kind of racist. <laughs> no, do, no, do. <laughs> well, you know, like, I feel like it's okay to, like, it's not okay to do certain accents, but then people will be like, pizza pie! And it's, like, not racist. So I'm doing them straight up Australian. As long as I, I say I, pizza this pie is, at the end, This will I'm be my okay. last episode of the podcast. I'm, <laughs> I'm re- retiring in um, protest. You didn't, know, you didn't know that we were racist? Uh, okay, so Dario Gento, Mario Bavo, Sergio Martino, Pupi Avato. And many more. And many more. Well, there you go. Anyway, what were you going to say? I was, I was just... Uh, the thing that I really enjoyed about this film as well is the comparative nature it had to stuff like Rosemary's Baby where that, as you were talking about, that as, uh, atmospheric, um, you know, tone that it created was more about what, what was said in the silences than it was about what was, like, the jumpy moments. It was scary in the... the like, there were these moments where they just give you this look or it's just held on a shot for a bit longer or whip pan around and it was just like I'm not really sure how to be in this moment and that mm. awkwardness is what kind of made me really interested in the film but the whole thing I agree is felt bloated. well at what point did it lose you guys then if you were with it for the longest time it's a good question certainly the the ending yeah, the uh, ending. And, and, and ending's kind yeah. of on the nose in the way it, that the hereditary it won me back. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and and I I probably would have preferred ambiguity to this sort of yeah. all that assault on, you know, uh, my senses. brain. <laughs> um, and j- j- it was a strange film, and it probably sounds like I liked it more than I did because I was on the verge of loving it the whole time mm-hmm. until the end, but I never quite got there. No. And I actually haven't really enjoyed Luca uh, Guadagnino's films. I thought Call Me By Your Name was okay. Yeah, me too. I thought A Bigger Splash was okay, but even less so than Call Me By Your Name. I can't remember the film we made. I Am that. Love. That's right. Yeah, again, yeah. you know, okay. Um, and this film I found arguably... I was most interested in the choices he made in these films, in this film. But a lot of the stuff that I dug about it, he sort of established straight away, which was this sort of like a washed out colour palette... The setting, I, I thought it was cool that he, he moved it to, to Berlin and sort of incorporated the um, sort of socio-political... So it's uh, actually... The original's actually in, in Germany also. It's yeah, not yeah, Berlin. It's Munich. Okay, Can I yeah. just say that? Oh, no. I, I thought When I thought... Well, since he's an Italian director, I thought you might have thought it was set in Italy. Oh, I no. feel like I just said it was in Munich. Oh, maybe you did. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What do well, we think about Derek that? doesn't Wait, pay who's attention. The, who's the one that hasn't had any sleep? Is it you or me? <laughs> uh, what do we think about the all the... Um, the other story about all the terrorists, socio political, yeah, not much, yeah, not it much. Didn't add, you didn't think it added to nope. it in any way, shape, or form. I, I did, but then there was too much of it. Mm. Like it didn't add anything in terms of uh, uh, sort of contributing to to uh, whatever the director was trying to say or the what narrative. What was he trying to say? Well, well I don't that's, know. That's what yeah. I'm trying. But but like, but, uh, <clears throat> but I wasn't after any him trying to say anything because I. I don't think necessarily he. I mean, he probably was trying to say stuff because he's, he, you know, judging from his. Pri- you can try you know, to be say something without it being in, in all in capital to- letters. Totally, yeah. you, know, you can be trying um, to say. But, whatever. but what I yeah. dug about this film was there was a lot to it that really didn't contribute in any sort of intellectually or narratively satisfying way, like the psychotherapist, like the sort of the Bader Meinhof, um, uh, uh, you know, um, sort of terrorist group. But it was just in it. You know? I, just, I will just, say it was just this yeah. this crazy dressing. This the whole movie was just like it, it wasn't focused on just the, this this witch plotline. It wasn't focused on anything. And, w- and and for a lot of the time, I was digging it. I will say that I liked the um, sick the sickly Mennonite mother back in Ohio 
who with her heavy breathing. Do you remember? Yeah, it's yeah. so scene? weird that like yeah, that weirdly specific that's, background. That's another way that he's yeah. speaking to the original film because Helena Marcos in the original film, who appears in it more than she does in this film, is known by this labored breathing that she. That, you remember uh, the true, original scene true, yeah, where they yeah. have this where they have where they have to sleep in the cafeteria because larvae come out of the ceiling and it's that's a really and, creepy bit. She comes up and she's behind this shroud and all you can you can see her shape. And you can hear her breathing. That's right. That's a and cool that's thing. how that's the introduction to her character, which I think is an incredible introduction to your main villain in a film, which doesn't doesn't have a corollary here except for that mother who's has this weird breathing when she's about to die. And I thought that was really cool too. My question to you is who was Helena Marcos in this film? Was it the chick with the sunglasses? At the end, yeah. Which okay. is also Tilda Swinton. Really? Yes. Okay. Because <laughs> I found it quite confusing after they she died and then they all voted for Marcos again. All that uh, voting yeah. stuff, it's just that stuff just didn't land. It didn't make any sense. I didn't really know what they were doing. It didn't I dug feel the like first voting stakes. scene, but the second voting scene just confused me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was full of this like specific, like like really specific stuff, like the Mennonite stuff, the Bader Meinhof mm. stuff, you know, the the stuff with the psychotherapist, and. I don't know. I was just into it. <laughs> yeah, and I can't I, explain yeah. it. Yeah. I was into it. It would make well. for a good podcast. Yeah. yeah. That's all we have time for. <laughs> <laughs> and good night, everybody. No, but well, I. Well, Blake, I, I'd be interested for you to do it in the reverse order and go back and see the original and see what you, t- what you think. Well, yeah, I'd be curious yeah. on that too. It's a shame that I haven't watched it. Let's just pause this. But I don't think it matters. <laughs> well, I know. I guess it, it does. I feel like having seen the original enhanced my appreciation of this one because it really. I, I, I like that it really went for something completely different. So, yeah, it will be interesting. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, I I don't know. Like I said, I feel like for the most part it was nearly there. It was – I think we kind of touched on it earlier where we felt like the uh, director might have been given too much leniency on this specific mm. one. But, like, for me, the end bit, all that when it got – you know, psycho crazy. I was in, and I was in at the like for the first. Is that because there was boobs, Blakey? Oh, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and not boobs. those normal boobs, but those weird, gross. <laughs> what was yeah, Wait, the di- not, decaying witch yeah, boobs? That's yeah. not normal about them. well. Well, one thing I will, uh, since I've been saying a lot of negative, I will say that anything related to dance in this film, I thought was great. I love that dance where they had those shredded red costumes and they all kind of seemed hypnotized. The dances at the end were were very scary as well. And I also wanted to say that I I really give high props to the actress Mia Goth. Oh, I was about to say exactly the same thing. She's She's awesome. She she has this look to her. I've seen her in a couple other films and she's got a great name too. Her last name is Goth. I didn't know. The only other thing I think I've seen her in where she features predominantly is... um, What's that shitty? Uh, yeah, it's the um, one with the, the road to wellness or the, the well-being yeah, uh, one. The cure no. for wellness. The cure for wellness. Yeah. yeah, and she's got like you know, her, she she hasn't got a particularly um, interesting part in that film. So when I saw she she's was got in an this interesting film, face, doesn't yeah, she? Interesting yeah, interesting face. But she's really cool in this movie, yeah. and, and I feel like I'm, I'm you know a significant standout. Yeah, mm. and I will say, look, I'm very impressed that Tilda Swinton can do all that, but I do think that that the decision, you know, also that they pretended that she wasn't. That actor, mm. they actually in the press for it. They said this is a German actor named whatever. Yeah. Um. And and until act until after it was released, they can they can uh, considered can cool. continue to do say that cool acting trick, sure. Yeah. And the makeup was amazing, but she still didn't sound like a dude. I felt like which I found very distracting. See, she, she sounded like me. Tilda Swinton. I, I did not was Tilda Swinton. Until I, I I wasn't sure until like the very end. I said that's her. Mm. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. But I didn't I hadn't read about it beforehand. So. Mm. We've got to move on to our top three. Okay. 
Uh, who wants to go first? Did we decide remakes? It's just remakes. Well, but I, Derek, 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 yeah, you tell him, Blake. Derek <sighs> likes to add his own little stipulation to the top three because his normal top three is not hard enough. Yeah, it's not hard enough for Derek, so you know. I have a list of. You really yeah. threw me because we were originally going to do yeah. top three remakes, and then Derek, you know, in our little group chat, said. That I think we should do, that it should be top three films where you saw the remake after you saw the original. You're giving me a headache just but explain that. Doesn't that make what sense? Does it even mean? Because oh. then you are you are watching it as a remake no, of something remake. you already know. So, uh, you know, you've seen You're Infernal it. Affairs and then knowing Infernal Affairs, you watch The Departed, yes. knowing it's a remake of Infernal exactly. Affairs. Exactly. That's all I was trying to say. Oh, but then you're still asking me giving to, me yeah, a headache. Yeah, I still can't. I, yeah. That's fine. Well, I interpreted that my way. If, <laughs> I mean, you guys can do it however you like. Yeah, which is yeah. what I like. Well, we, hate, wants to go we first? hate your way. So Derek, Derek's so good at movies that he needs his own little... I have to tell everyone. I have to tell everyone. I have just to challenge himself. I have a list of all the films I've ever seen, so it's easier for me to determine all this stuff than it is for you guys. Yeah. All right. Well, take us away, Derek. All right. So my uh, interesting that we that this my my number one actually is a film. My number one, my number three is a film that actually features Chloe Grace Moretz, who's in this film. Can I guess? Yes, I can guess. I actually can't guess. I'm too tired. Remake with Chloe. I haven't had any sleep. You oh, know, let me in. Let yeah, me in. Right. there it is. So I saw, I, I saw and loved. Let the right one in. Loved it. Loved yeah. it. And I saw, I was like, oh, I can't wait to see. Let me in. And let me in's pretty good. I've like there, it. it makes some 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 changes and it's it sticks to the original a lot. And Chloe Grace Moretz is really good in it. That's when she was good and she's not good anymore. Yeah, um, she's good. I anymore. dug her in this. I agree. I dug her in this. I agree. Too. Normally she's kind of annoying, but I dug that her in this. That first scene, yeah. she was awesome. Yeah. And it's directed by Matt Reeves, who's a really good director. He directed uh, one of the Planet of the Apes movies. He directed two of them. Two of them. Okay. Dawn and War. Okay. And we saw and War together, didn't we, Blakey? Yeah, and we didn't like it, it did we, Blakey? No, the last no, one's bad. Yeah, yeah, the last one is bad. You heard it here last, you know, listener. My number two. And this one's easy because I really didn't like the original. It's Pete's Dragon. Um, I oh. saw the original as you a didn't kid. Like the original? Oh, that movie's shit. That I grew <laughs> up with that. I, I grew up with that film. That is my everything. Okay. I, oh man. I did only see it once when I was like seven. So, Ooh. but um, Dragon is your everything. But well, David Lowry's uh, 2016. You heard that here first. <laughs> David Lowry's 2016 remake is really good. It's a really good film. It's the and dude who... I've, I haven't seen the remake or the original, but that's the guy who made a ghost story, isn't yeah. it? And Ain't Them Body Saints. And Old, old Man of the Gun. Jaded in the background, yeah. we've got a list of tonight, is doing f- uh, happy finger pointing. Is that over a ghost story? Yeah, yeah. And Old Man and the Gun just came out. So, um, is that David Larry as well? We yeah. also have an audience now as we're doing these podcasts. That's how big we are. We're baby. huge. We've got one. Do you want to hear my number one? Do you want to hear my number one? Yeah, go on. Yeah, sure. Uh, the 1978 Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Ooh. which I saw after I saw the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I haven't seen any of the Invasion. The one with Donald it's Sutherland. Good. Yeah. Donald Sutherland one is great. Isn't like Donald really Sutherland good. back in the day. In fact, yeah. Donald Sutherland in general is, yeah. a, is a dude. Yeah. 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 Underratedly yes. good. All right, we're going to move on. Yeah. Alrighty, Blakey's top three, which were not remakes that he had seen before. He <laughs> knew they were a remake of a remake. So, here we go. Uh, number three is... That was is a direct quote of Derek. <laughs> <laughs> number three is Insomnia, which uh, oh yeah. a lot of people uh, yep. don't know that is a remake. Yep, yep. And also, it's a feel it's applicable to... Rono's Stroke me right with now. a feather Enjoy it, Enjoy <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, We saw it together Yes we did yeah. We did uh, Which is based on a Norwegian film yep. Which not many people know Swedish or Norwegian? Norwegian I think I'm pretty sure Almost 100% Jade and our audience member is nodding Yes there we go uh, Which I think is a great film I really enjoy the remake And the original I think they're both fantastic um, And it's interesting to think that Nolan would choose to do a remake 
as one of his first films to yeah. kind of like propel him. It's third film, I think. Yeah, yeah. when you think yeah. of who he is now, yeah. which I think is an interesting concept. Uh, just before you go on, my problem with the Insomnia remake, which is also a problem I had with, well, I actually saw The Departed first and then saw Infernal Affairs, was they're so similar mm. to their counterpart that I couldn't, Enjoy it as much as I, I yeah. wanted. So I saw, yeah, I saw the remake of Insomnia second, but I saw the Infernal Affairs before Departed. And because I'd seen the other one, mm-hmm. it just sort of sucked the enjoyment out of it. Anyway, I've interrupted. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But for me, I saw the remake. So I, this is probably what falls into what Derek was saying before. Like, I saw the remake before I saw. Let's not the go back original. to that shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the second. The less we say of Derek, the better. The second one for me <laughs> is 12 Angry Men. Um, which use a remake version of that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. The Henry Fonda one is a remake uh, to a British film that was made. I thought uh, it was a play. Years before oh, it was a play, but it was also up. a right. film as well. This okay. could be foul ball. Oh, uh, I don't think it's a foul ball. <laughs> I'm like Curtis, and I'm telling you, it's a remake. I thought you were going to talk about like some 1990s remake of Twelve Angry Men. Well, there there is another remake of Twelve Angry Men. Tell a play. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, Twelve Angry Men. Uh, with Henry Fonda. If you haven't seen it, it's dated, but it is still fantastic. It's, it's awesome. an awesome film. Yep. The whole thing is situated in the... What's the, what are those rooms Inside called? 12 Angry Men. Yeah. <laughs> the jury, what, the jury, jury deliberation room? room? Yeah. Deliberation room? So yeah. it's just all set in one room, and it is awesome. And the first one for me is... Because um, I, in the same sentiment as Jaws, I like when remakes do something slightly different. And Cape Fear is one of the best remakes mm. I've ever seen because it really went in a weird, dark place with Scorsese's one. Uh, I remember and it's the basis for yeah, never saw the episode. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Never and saw the original, so I couldn't comment yeah, on it. Yeah, well, anymore. I saw the original before I saw the remake, and the remake goes into like this weird, trippy bullshit with the uh, the daughter having an interesting relationship with uh, Robert Duke. By the way, did one of the most Derek? naturalistic performances ever by, um, what's her name in that, Juliette Lewis. Yeah. What? Did you say you haven't seen the original? Yeah. Yep. Check it out. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Uh, should I do, I'll do my top three uh, I've got five here Whoa I had a couple more that I cut to <laughs> I'll delete one of them easily Okay, you're off So I've got six Okay I'll start with uh, number three I don't three. Know delete Number three <laughs> The Thing Good Oh, The yeah. Thing Good call <laughs> Yeah Number two The Fly Good, also good Number one A Fistful of Dollars Also very good What's, what's that? Oh yeah, your Jimbo Your Jimbo, yeah, baby Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yo, Jimbo! But did you see your Jimbo and the original Fly and the thing from the Another World before that? No, <laughs> I don't actually. I think I've seen the original thing. No, I don't he, think I've seen the original. Fly he's talking about the remake of the thing that they made in two thousand. Yeah, the Joel <laughs> that, That's the, the one yeah. he really likes. Yeah, that <laughs> is a good movie. <laughs> okay, final thoughts on Suspiria, Blakey. Uh, I would check it out because it reminded me a lot of Rosemary's Baby and The Shining, and I think there's like a, a weird thing about horror. It's not as good as those I'm movies. Not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it is. I'm just saying there was some sort of similarity in the way that they presented the horror, in not a Raw kind of way, but like a yep. slow burn. We're creeping up on you, and you're gonna cop it, kind yeah. of vibe. And yourself, Derek? I want to see Luca Guadagnino's next horror film that is an original creation and that isn't either adhering to or struggling not to adhere to another film. Is he doing that next, or you just make that up? I'm. I Stop ho- I'm, hope- shit up, I'm hopeful Derek. that it will happen <laughs> at some point in the future. I don't yeah. agree with either of you. I don't yeah. think I'd recommend it, despite me really loving a lot about it. I still somehow can't bring myself to recommend it, and I'm not looking forward to Luca Guadagnino's Guadagnino's next film because I haven't really enjoyed any of his films. This Fair has been enough. a real good podcast. My name is John Roebuck. Thank you, Blake Curtis. Thank you, Derek. Thank you. Uh, what? Ah, oh. threw him off.
Thank you, Derek. Thanks, Blake. Thank you, audience member Jaden. <laughs> he waved. Wave. We've told him to be silent, so he just waved. Uh, and my name is John Roebuck. I don't know if I've already said that. Uh, thank you for listening. For more stuff on film, go to realgood.com.au. That's real with two E's. There's videos. There's more podcasts. I haven't done the other podcast in a while, but it's still there. Uh, all sorts of stuff. Reviews. There's reviews by Derek. Yeah. Mm. Derek, are you reviewing something this week? Uh, not that I know of. Ooh. Maybe, maybe Awkward. widows. Maybe I might be reviewing widows. Okay, tomorrow. John might be reviewing widows. We'll That's all we have time for. Maybe that podcast. Yeah. Shut up, both of you. <laughs>